Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick, and apparently some people believe in talking donkeys? We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. All right, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Husband. Wife. Do you know what today is? Well, it is Sunday, and we're not doing a Patreon special episode today, so that leaves... Sacrilegious Book Club. Right. And uh, what are we covering today? Well, we are still in... The book, A Treasury of Jewish Folklore, Stories, Traditions, Legends, Humor, Wisdom, and Folk Songs of the Jewish People, edited by Nathan Ozubel. And today we are going to be getting into some, uh, well, fools and stuff like that. Fools, eh? Yeah. I'll, okay. I'll get a little more into it when we get into the they show. They must have gone for those honey-lipped women or something. Yeah, they did. Taking the wrong path they, somewhere. They did. They did, did they? not choose the side of wisdom. Got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's go do this. Okie dokie. Okay. So, Sacrilegious Book Club. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. And... Okay, so part one was Jewish salt. Yeah. Part two was heroes. Okay. We are in part three, the human comedy. Okay. We're in chapter one, droll. Fools. Fools? Droll characters. Droll characters. Mm Mm-hmm. And we are in part three, fools and simpletons. Fools, there it is. Underneath of which falls the wisdom of Chelm, which we'll get into in a second. Got it. But fools and symptoms. Simpletons. Simpletons, yeah. 
symptom of simpleton. <laughs> yeah. So um, this section starts on page 319. Okay. So we are really cruising along through this book. Yeah. Not at all. Right. But it's a big I mean, book. We're, we're about halfway through. Mm, almost. Yeah. Well, almost yeah, we're, halfway We're getting through. there. Yeah. 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 Um, again, this, page, this starts on page 319. And the introduction starts off... Laughing at the absurdities of fools is one of the oldest diversions of mankind. There is within all of us a deep-seated psychological drive to achieve self-elevation by means of disparaging others whom we are pleased to consider less bright than ourselves. Mm. A fool, of course, is always the other fellow, never ourselves. Do you ever wonder who is at the bottom of that spiraling pit of foolishness? Well, there are people who know they are fools. <laughs> and um, I didn't really pick any of those stories because right. they were beyond dumb. Got but it. there are okay. stories in which they're like, no, that's me. I'm the dumb. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Things like um, somebody says, I'm the guy, but he means it. I'm, bad example. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it justice. <laughs> okay. I cannot do it justice. Got it's, it. It's the one where they quote, they go home and they quote the guy, but they quote him as though, I, oh, just never mind. Cut all this out. I can't do it. I'm the fool. <laughs> I'm the fool. Okay? Okay. All right. So um, this goes on with a modern Jewish saying that says, it is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the fool, the song of fools. Okay. Which that comes from the Bible. Yeah, like we've that heard sounds that. very similar to what we're reading right now, actually. Right. That's why I was like, oh, this is a good saying yeah. because I'm pretty sure that came straight out of like <laughs> Proverbs. Proverbs. Yeah. Right. Um, however, there is still another tradition about fools among the Jewish. Okay. It, on the contrary, is not scornful, but understanding and compassionate. Hmm. Like, when Jeremiah, whom we have not quite gotten to yet, right. he's a prophet, he says, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. And that attitude leads to the saying, all wise people act foolishly sometimes. I would agree with that. Yes. Yeah. And I love this little example story that's right written right into the introduction. There's a whimsical little story in the Talmud about a man who had left a will stipulating my son shall not receive his inheritance until he becomes foolish. Mm -hmm. The rabbinical judges were confounded by this clause. What on earth could it mean? So they decided to call on the astute rabbi Joshua ben Korah. This was in the 2nd century AD in order to ask his advice in the matter. When they entered the rabbi's house, they drew back in amazement. There on the floor, crawling on all fours, was Rabbi Joshua. With a cord in his mouth and his little son astride him, he was playing the time-honored game of horsey. <laughs> when Rabbi Joshua regained his dignity and listened to the rabbi's question about the will, he could not contain his mirth. My masters, he laughed, I have given you a concrete illustration of your case. Know that everyone becomes foolish as soon as he has children. Mm, that is true. Right? You that never act true. sillier than when you are trying to make a child laugh. Right. Or when you are enjoying the company of a child. Right, right. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty great. Yeah. So um, the introduction goes on to talk a little bit about this little town called Chelm, which I'll get into when we reach that section. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, here is the first little story that falls under 
this section. It's on page 321, and it's called What Makes a Fool. And to me, this really just tells the whole story. Okay. A fool went to the rabbi and said, I know I'm a fool, rabbi, but I don't know what to do about it. Please advise me what to do. Ah, my son, exclaimed the rabbi in a complimentary way. If you know you're a fool, then you surely are no fool. (laughs) Then why does everybody say I'm a fool, complained the man. The rabbi regarded him thoughtfully for a moment. If you yourself don't understand that you're a fool, he chided him, but only listen to what people say, then surely you are a fool. (laughs) So basically, you are whatever you believe. Sure. And if what you believe is based on what other people say, then... You know, you're yeah, you're a fool. You deserve you deserve the insult. Right, right. The next one um, follows right after. It's called "Some of the Nicest People." A Jew came to his rabbi to lodge a complaint against other members of the congregation. Rabbi, he asked plaintively, "Do you think it right of them to call me a fool?" The rabbi listened with sympathy. Why get upset by such a trifle? He consoled him. Do you think fools are so very different from other people? Believe me, some of the nicest people I've ever known were fools. Why, even a fine, intelligent man like you could be one. <laughs> I thought that was cute. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those pretty much um, talk, tell the entire story of this section. Well, I mean, it just it brings something to my mind, and that's that somebody, there's always somebody out there that's going to think you're a fool. Right. You know, and, and we're always going to think that somebody else is a fool. You know, mm-hmm. like it, it's a matter of perspective at some level. At some level, To yeah. who you see as a fool and who's not. Right. So. I think that the most intelligent person is he who can admit that he is not the most intelligent person. Right. Because as we've always said, um, we know what we don't know and you should always want to know more. I, I mean... I can count it by the number of people who are smarter than me on Twitter, which seems to be everybody, mm-hmm. um, that I definitely am, I have a limit of my knowledge and I can't, right. you know, I, I'm not, I would never call myself dumb. In fact, I think I'm pretty smart, mm-hmm. but there's always more I can learn. There's always more things to, you know, I'm I'm not, I'm not ever going to reach the pinnacle of smartness right and you're always a fool with regard to something i think that the most frustrating thing is the um really smart troll that gets me i i would i would i I would push back on that just a little bit because i think it's a really practiced troll yeah i don't i don't know sometimes they might be smart but more often than not they have a practiced response to each each thing that you argue so you're seeing a memorized spiel. More often than not, that's what I run into. Got it. I'm not saying always, but more often than not. All right. Well, let's skip ahead a couple pages to page 323 and read Philosophy with Noodles. And this makes wait, me think... Wait, what? Philosophy with Noodles. Okay. okay. This makes that's... me think that Joey or Phoebe from Friends could have this conversation with somebody. Okay? <laughs> okay. And that's what a lot of these are. In my opinion, it's your Joey's and your your, um, Phoebes. your Phoebes. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Once from from friends from the, friends the show the, the show. show yes. I was just clarifying for anybody that might not know. Okay. What we're talking about. Okay. Once a proposal of marriage was brought to a young man who was simple-minded. Poor fellow, he had no idea how to behave in the company of others. 
And so, in order to save him from embarrassment, his father, who was a man of the world, cautioned him as follows. When you visit the bride for the first time, you no doubt will not know what to talk about. Therefore, if you want to make a good impression on her, here is my advice. First, begin talking about love. Then, you can touch on family affairs. You can wind up with a little philosophy. The groom nodded gravely and replied that he understood perfectly well how he was to behave. Mm -hmm. Then, with his father's blessings, he went off to make his first call on his intended. At first, he felt great restraint because the girl's parents were present. But when they left from motives of delicacy, he relaxed somewhat. Then, remembering his father's counsel, he suddenly asked the girl, Do you love noodles? <laughs> sure, she answered in surprise. Why shouldn't I love noodles? After a moment of silence, he continued, Do you have a brother? No, I have no brother. The groom rejoiced. He had safely weathered his father's first two instructions. <laughs> he had talked about love and family matters. Mm -hmm. Now he still had to philosophize a bit. <sighs> he asked, furrowing his brow, if you had a brother, would he have loved noodles? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, tell me that's not... That's fantastic. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I really liked that that yeah. little story. Yeah. All right, so now we're getting into the Chelm um, stories. Okay. So Chelm is, um, they're stories about the fools or sages, as they are scoffingly called. And um, Chelm is a real town in Poland. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. And for some un unaccountable reason, this town was elected in irreverent folktale to serve as the center of all innocent stupidity. <laughs> so in this... I must visit this place. Well, in this, I always think of Rose from the Golden Girls. Sure. Because, you know, she's always talking about the village that she comes from. Yeah. Which I cannot remember. I wonder if it's me. called... That'd be interesting. It's not Chelm. Right, right. It's not. It's St. Olaf. Oh, yeah. That's Saint right. Olaf. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So, but that's what I had in mind when, when they were talking about, for whatever reason, the town of Chelm just relate it to Rose's St. Olaf. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, uh, maybe it was on purpose even. That I would don't, be that would be interesting. I wouldn't go that far, but I, I it might though. I don't know. I think throughout history we've always said, man, this town is full of dummies. Mm. You know? And mm. and that way we have a character that can represent that entire town. Got it. You know? Yeah. Um okay, so skipping ahead to page three thirty one We've got a short story called Innocence and Arithmetic. And this definitely sounded like something Rose would say. Got it. Okay. A young scholar of Chelm, innocent in the ways of earthly matters, was stunned one morning when his wife gave birth. Oh, damn. Pell-mell, he ran to the rabbi. Rabbi, he blurted out, an extraordinary thing has happened. Please explain it to me. My wife has just given birth, although we have been married only three months. <laughs> How can this be? Everybody knows it takes nine months for a baby to be born. It sure does. We do know it that, don't does, we? Yeah. Even the fool knew it. Right. The rabbi, a world-renowned sage, put on his silver-rimmed spectacles and furrowed his brow reflectively. My son, he said, I see you haven't the slightest idea about such matters, nor can you make the simplest calculation. Let me ask you, have you lived with your wife three months? Yes. Has she lived with you three months? Yes. Together, have you lived three months? Yes. 
What's the total then? Three months plus three months plus three months. Oh my god. Nine months, Rabbi. Then why do you come to bother me with your foolish questions? <laughs> yeah, so rude. Wow. Right? Yeah. And like that's the kind of dumbness that I couldn't convey because I just can't. Right. Like what I was trying to say in the beginning when I couldn't come up with a better example of dumbness because I find that kind of dumbness in um, stories irritating. Sure, it's on purpose dumb. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's right. it's not my humor. It it's it's um the oh my god I see where this is going and I can't <laughs> right I'm too impatient for it sure okay so moving ahead to page three thirty seven okay. we've got a story called pure science pure science okay mm-hmm. two sages of Chelm got involved in a deep philosophical argument since you're so wise said one sarcastically try to answer this question why is it that when a slice of buttered bread falls to the ground it is bound to fall on the buttered side. <laughs> but as the other sage was a bit of a scientist, he decided to disprove this theory by a practical experiment. Mm. He went and buttered a slice of bread. Then he dropped it. There you are, he cried triumph. He cried triumphantly. Right. The bread, as you see, hasn't fallen on its butter side at all. So where's your theory now? Brum, brum, brum. Ho, ho, laughed the other derisively. You think you're smart? You buttered the bread on the wrong side. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> right? That's yeah. Ridiculous. All right. Next, we have Overcoming Messiah. And that's just the very next one. So we're still on page 337. Okay. Itzik, the landowner, a leading citizen of Chelm, startled his wife, Chashi, by storming into the house with the news that the Messiah was coming. Mm. Was at that very moment only a few hours' journey from Chelm. But the news somewhat dismayed Itzik somewhat. I have only recently built this home, he said, and have invested our funds in cattle. And besides, I have just finished sowing our crops. (laughs) I hate it when the coming Messiah, you know. Interferes with that. Right, right. Chashi calmed him, declaring philosophically, Don't worry. Think of the trials and tribulations our people have met and survived. The bondage in Egypt, the wickedness of Haman, the persecutions and pogroms without end. All of these the good Lord has helped us overcome. And with just a little more help from him, we will overcome the Messiah too. <laughs> <laughs> like way to lose the needle, you know? Right, yeah. Like lose the thread is right. what I meant to say. Yeah, I was like, what did you just say? Lose the Lose something. Yeah, you lost. Yeah. I lost my brain. (laughs) Okay, so the next page, 338, we've got the Worriers of Chelm. Okay. The people of Chelm were worriers, so they called a meeting to do something about the problem of worry. A motion was duly made and seconded seconded to the effect that Yassel, the cobbler, be retained by the community as a whole to do its worrying and that his fee be one ruble per week. Hmm. So they're going to let him He's do, the do all the worrying. Yeah. yeah right. Which that reminded me of the giver where they have one person do all the um, stress for that, for the entire community. Got it. And that's a book slash movie. Is that right? It, it's a book that was, yes, adapted into a not as good as it could have been movie. Right. Got but it. The book was wonderful. Sure. I think by Lois Lowry, if I'm correct. Could Sounds wrong, right. Maybe. But it, it's really good book. Okay. But anyway. 
the motion was about to carry, so they were about to agree that this guy should, the cobbler, mm -hmm. um, is going to do the worrying for them. Right. And get paid for it. Sure. The motion was about to carry all speeches having been for the affirmative when one sage propounded the fatal question. If he also earned a ruble a week, what should he have to worry about? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. The next story is on the next page called 339, The Discreet Shamus. A man died suddenly in Chelm while doing business in the marketplace. So the rabbi sent the shamus to the dead man's wife. Be careful, he cautioned him, and break the news to her as gently as possible. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. The shamus knocked. A woman came to the door. Does the widow Rachel live here? He oh asked. Oh, my God. I'm Rachel, and I live here, replied the woman. But I'm no widow. Ha <laughs> ha! Laughed the shamus triumphantly. How much do you want to bet you are? Oh, my God. And that reminds me of a little story of my own. Um, do you recall that I said I'm a fool? Uh, what? Do, do you recall that I said I I am a fool? I guess. I, I fuck shit up. Sure. I'm a dum-dum. Right. Yeah. Okay. So um, one time last week, um, I was at my best friend's house, and um, they had, one of the family had just purchased a new set of pajamas for the their mm, little one that yes. I babysit. Yeah. Uh -huh. Oh, you know this story. Yeah, so, yeah. yes, I am a fool, am I not? Yes. So, um, these pajamas were made of the softest material, like some kind of um, spandexy, um, oh, what is that stuff called? But it, it feels like a very thin velvet. It's right. so fucking soft, right? Yeah. And so they're like... Um, they're they're trying to keep it secret from the the little guy, the toddler, because yeah. um, it's going to be one of his eventual birthday or Christmas presents. Right. So, um, you know, they're covertly, you know, passing the package it. around right, and, yeah. and passing it, you know, um, using words like um, night clothingses or, um, you know, PJs, like not saying the word pajamas or jammies. Right, right, right. Um, so it comes to me and I'm feeling them and I'm like, oh my God, I wish I had pajamas like these. <laughs> and everybody in the room, like it was like a record scratch. They stopped. Their eyes got big. They all turned and looked at me like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> and that is when my friends, I just sat up straight and I carried on conversation by saying, once when I was a child, I was playing Pictionary with my family my dad was drawing something so that my mom and my sister had to guess what it was. <laughs> and I was on his team. So I looked at his horrible, abysmal drawing and I said, but daddy, that doesn't look like a pretzel. <laughs> and that's exactly the kind of person that I am, which is why I always tell people, do not tell me your secrets. I will inadvertently blab them to the world. Right, right. So, yeah. fool indeed. <laughs> All right. Well, that was all we have today for the Jewish folklore. Sacrilegious book club. That's right. Yes. Ooh, ooh. And next time we'll be getting into schlamils and schlamazels. That sounds interesting. Yeah. It's just more fools. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. More fools and, and simpletons and stuff like that. Got it. Got yeah. it. Well, as soon as we get this one up, I will be um, getting the weekly replay ready, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which will be coming out shortly after this comes out. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, on Monday, we will be back with oh um, the new proverbs. The new proverbs. Yeah, proverbs, whichever number that is. I want to say it's like twenty six or seven. That's not, I think it's twenty six actually. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. 
So uh, we will see you guys then. Yep. Bye. Hey, wife, I guess that's the end. But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Ooh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh, yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye.